No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Much like Mark Twain once said, the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated, so too can the Winnipeg Jets. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets' unexpected 3-2 victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, a result that I think even the most diehard of Jets fans would not have expected given the team's play as of recent, but any way you cut it. Two straight days, two straight games, two straight wins, four points in the bank for the Winnipeg Jets. And certainly the feelings of despair have been, at least temporarily, waylaid by feelings of joy. Good evening to you, Mr. Manuk. How are things? I'm good, Drew. The joy is back in Joyland, as Claude Noel liked to say. it. Well, he usually referenced it as in the negative, but we'll uh, we'll put the positive spin on that. And folks are excited now that the, the Jets have uh, swept through the Sunshine State. They're feeling good about a Panthers win, a Lightning win, and now the Jets spring back. We we sprang forward overnight, and now we're yeah. the Jets spring back into... I have no idea what time it is. <laughs> yeah, the Jets spring back into third in the Central with the Avalanche Idol tonight and putting more pressure on both the light, the um, Flames, sorry, and the Predators who are in action this evening. Yes. And so... We don't need to. We don't need to give an exact score, Drew, because people are going to be listening on the podcast. Yeah. They're going to be like, "Well, this is already old news." So let's let's keep it current. Let's put well. Technically, I guess everything we're talking about on the show is old news mm-hmm. because we're referencing a, a previous game. But look, I, the fact is that was a gutsy win by this Winnipeg Jets club. Mm-hmm. It was a big win by the Winnipeg Jets club. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, after the game last night, Rick Bonus said he wasn't expecting um, Adam Lowry and Josh Morrissey to play in this game, which isn't a surprise. I went back and I watched Josh Morrissey. We all saw why, you know, because they, they highlighted it on the broadcast last night when he got injured in the se- at the end of the second period. Adam Lowry, a little bit of a different story. So I went back and I watched and I saw it was that Mark Stahl reverse hit with about 517 left in the third period that in that hurt him but as they said he was able to uh maintain and 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 take the warm-up skate and he was going to be a game time decision and we also learned that they wouldn't be getting pierre luke dubois unless it was something unexpected mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, rick bonus said unless there's a big improvement between today and uh tuesday when they play in carolina carolina by the way who suffered their second straight shutout defeat tonight uh that we i saw that so three nothing new, Jer- new jersey beat carolina three nothing in a key eastern conference potentially an eastern conference finals uh matchup uh between two very good teams out of the east and uh, new jersey swept them three nothing actually it can't be a finals matchup they're in the same conference i forgot the yeah and i forgot yeah. carolina you know you think <laughs> carolina you think metropolitan division you, think, <laughs> you know you think eastern seaboard right near new york and new jersey and exactly. the islanders carolina how could i ever ever forgotten about it but anyways i apologize for that no but uh, i mean i think that's the point i think the point is drew that that folks are excited about the fact that right now the jets have put some back back back-to-back 
wins. And sorry, I was just finishing off the thought. So you didn't know if you're going to have Lowry. You're not going to have Dubois most likely for that game against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And you had to have some guys step in. So Dylan Sandberg, hey, Dylan Sandberg, you, you're you bumped out of the lineup. Now you're going to be top pairing Dylan Sandberg, PK Dylan <laughs> Sandberg. There's your reward. And I, I thought he handled himself quite well uh, yeah. given that, that opportunity as he's done throughout the course of this year. And of course, um, sorry, who's a forward he drew? And, um, oh, they didn't need one, of course, because Adam right, Lowry played. played. So yeah. they, they just did a, a couple of flips in, uh, on wing. But for the most part, again, and what we saw, we've talked about it. You're getting five-on-five five scoring, balanced, you know, you're getting the big boys who scored last night in mm-hmm. Florida. But what I saw tonight was a contribution from the third and fourth lines that you need to see in a team that's going to be balanced. And that, to me, was, was significant. To get Barron playing the way he did. I thought Mason Appleton played his best game of the season. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Manalainen and Stenland and Gustafson, they were all effective. So I, I really did think the third and fourth lines contributed a lot to tonight's win. Look, you needed all hands on deck and the Jets got a victory with all hands on deck. And, that, uh, you know, you knew that it was going to be a difficult matchup against Tampa Bay. You know, both teams played last night. So in that sense, you, you know, each, each team is on equal footing. I would argue, you know, the, the Jets obviously played a much more spirited game going almost close to 65 minutes last night against the Florida Panthers. Well, Tampa Bay had, if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Blackhawks. So we know that the... Uh, a bit of a lesser weight, let's say, in 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 in, in opponent last night. Yeah, the Jets knew that they would. You know, it was not going to be easy. What's most impressive to me about this Jets victory is, I mean, look, there's 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 negative things to talk about, and we'll get to them in the course of our game recap. Brought to you by Betway. But against Los Angeles, they couldn't hold the lead. Against yeah. Florida last night, they couldn't hold the lead. Yet tonight against Tampa Bay, it, you know, it wasn't always pretty, but they held the lead. And they held the lead in the, in the third period, and I thought they played a very good, very, I'm going to say, tactical third period. They were aggressive when it was important to be aggressive, mm-hmm. but weren't overly so. They were cautious when it, when, when it was prudent to be cautious. I just thought that top to bottom, this was a very good win for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we're not planning a parade here, folks. So let's, you know, let's not get carried away or anything. But all this team can do is start to try and dig themselves out of the hole that they're in. Dig up, stupid. Uh, They can only do it one handful at a time. And they did a, you know, a bit of a handful last night. And they did another handful tonight. And if you had said to any Jets fan after Wednesday's game against Minnesota that the Jets are going to go to Florida, they're going to play the Panthers. They're going to play the Lightning, and they're going to come away with four points. People probably would have looked at you cross-eyed to begin with, and then maybe taken you in for a little bit of the good old-fashioned drug testing. But that's where we're at right now. The Jets get all four points uh, in the standings bank. They move out of the wild card spot. Uh, obviously, Colorado with significant games in hand on them, three games in hand. But the Jets move back into third spot in the Central Division, and just that thought, just that feeling, just the relief that probably. The Jets probably had been like a a boiling pot of water that had a lid on it, and it's rattling, and it's about to burst. (laughs) And finally, somebody gently removed the lid and let the pressure out a little bit. And I think that's what the the team is probably feeling last night to some extent, but even more so tonight. That lid has been, you know, if, if they had laid an egg tonight, the lid would have been right back on. But instead, the lid has been put to the side, at least, uh, you know, for for whatever happens on Tuesday, you can just sort of say, OK, it's already a successful road trip. Well, and, and the one thing that we have to, I guess, credit Rick Bonus for was going back and being bold and playing Connor Hellebuck. And we yeah. we talked about it actually at the end of last night's show, Drew, because I asked you, I said, well, what were the high danger chances? Was it was it a tough game for Connor Hellebuck or were a lot of the shots 
from the outside. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, kind of, you know, would, would minimize the amount of ta- how taxing it would have been, even though there's no tax in Florida, how taxing that game would have been on Connor Hellebuck. You right. know, you, you could have at least smiled at my attempt at humor. I, I, but, I thought it was a pretty decent one. I was like, okay, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought I saw you give a little smirk, but I, yeah. I wanted a little more of a high course, huh? Sorry. I could, but anyways, uh, next time I'll give you an, I'll, I'll give you a chortle. I'll give you a full chortle. Yeah, next I'll take time. it. I'll take that. I'll take yeah, it. Okay. So anywho, the point is that, you know, I, so we weren't sure, right? He did face 48 shots last night against right. Florida. I, Rick Bonus did seem to be have a little disbelief at the shot tally because he was like, yeah, you know, the first two seconds of the game, it was three, four shots already. You know, it was kind of like he almost had a disbelief. But regardless, we, you know, in the media availability he had, which you can listen to or watch on allelecurve.com, he had said, you know, Connor Hellebuck wanted the ball. And when your number one top goaltender wants the ball, you let him take it. And that's what he did. So good on him for having faith in Connor Hellebuck and good on Connor Hellebuck for once again saying, okay, you know what? I've got to to do my thing. And exactly. And we know he likes to back to back. We know he likes to, well, we even know he likes to play period, but it was, it was, it wasn't a certainty. I was, you know, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go in terms of uh, which goaltender would go, you know, you look, you needed the win, right? Even though you got the win yesterday, you needed to, you needed to continue to apply pressure to Calgary and to Nashville. And again, more importantly, and what we've talked about is you don't want to have, you had to put yourself in a position this year to have your destiny in your own hands. Not to be reliant on other teams to, oh, well, Nashville lost to Arizona and Calgary lost to Anaheim. Right. You don't want to have to be in a position where you're reliant on other teams to do your dirty work. So what the Jets needed was a win. This was, And they look, they have a day off tomorrow. So they'll be able to relax in Carolina, mm-hmm. rally, nice city, Drew. Yes, and I've then been there. A- you have. And so after that, what are they going to do? They're going to be able to put it all out there for a, g- a tough game against Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, obviously. And remember, Tampa and Florida are both teams that are desperate for points. Sure. So it wasn't as if these are teams that are, are Florida more not. so than Tampa, but yeah. Well, for sure. But I mean, like, but Tampa, the reason I say Tampa put Tampa in the same vein is because Tampa yeah. hasn't playing well. Right. They, Tampa's now, t- three, three, five, and two in their last 10. Uh, That's right. Know, so they haven't been playing game. well, but, but mm-hmm. Drew, they're a phenomenal home team. They've got the second best home record in the nhl their, so, their sixth home loss of the season tonight uh, that's right you know, that's were, right the only well, team that's better was the bruins yeah well or the bruins are the only yeah are, are, are better than everybody in in all, in all exactly. the categories exactly but you're, you're absolutely right look the, the the jets deserve credit and on this show as we've said on more than one occasion you know when they deserve criticism we're going to be the first ones to criticize but when they deserve credit and they deserve praise they deserve praise and it wasn't look hellbuck was was, was very good tonight but I don't think that it, he didn't steal the game. It's not like you know he, he was the sole reason why. Especially the when he gave up a, the first Drew. Especially yeah, when he gave goal, up the fr- goal, finger. first goal on the first shot. Yeah, no question. You know, but you know, you're holding. You talked about high danger chances. You you held Tampa Bay to uh, you know eight high danger chances in the course of the game, which is fewer than uh, than than Florida had last night. You got seven high danger chances. This is at five on five, I should say. So yeah, you got badly outcoursed because Tampa Bay is usually going to win that battle against you. And this is this was a win that was reminiscent of a lot of wins earlier in the season. You know, for how the Jets they get timely goal scoring, they get some. Good defense, good enough defense, let's say, in the third period. Uh, the goaltending is solid, not spectacular. It wasn't spectacular tonight, but it was solid. And and the Jets end up getting the victory. I mean, and this is a huge win for them. You can't overstate, uh, you know, especially, Dave, when you consider that, you know, it was a 3-1 game. And the Jets had an opportunity to really take control on the power play. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, this team can't do anything easy. They refuse <laughs> to make it easy on themselves. Uh, you know, disaster strikes. And we'll get into that when we get into the game recap. But they, you didn't see a sag. 
You didn't see a, you didn't see them hang their heads. Not only that, but then they killed off that extended five on three. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's got to be you know one of the, the the certainly the key moments of this game when Mike and Ken and, and and whomever's on the road trip is are going to be talking about this game and they're going to be recapping this game and the write throughs. Uh, you know they're going to be talking about that five on three. You know you can't overstate how important that was uh, when it happened late in the second period after the Jets had given up that uh, shorthanded goal. Uh, you know, Shafley and then Stenland. And it's an, it's a five on three for over a minute. And the Jets, you know, it's 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 a scramble drill. It's a five alarm fire. Yeah. But, the, you know, at the end of the day, the fire was put out and there was and there was no damage done at all. No. And, and you know what? I had to comment up by Jeff because I thought the back checking by the team was was overall was excellent. I thought there was a couple of instances. There was one play in the third period where Dylan Sandberg pinches. So he's in deep in the Tampa zone, leaving Dylan DeMello essentially alone, not originally, but the way the play developed to develop, to, to defend against a two on one and DeMello defended it perfectly. But Mark Shifley credit to him for getting on, getting the wheels back and getting back into the play to, to try and create a little back pressure. So I, I like the way that the jets tried to support each other uh, on the ice tonight overall. I mean, again, you, you're always going to have some breakdowns. You know, no team is is generally perfect in every in every hockey game. But you know, kudos to the to the team because you're right, Drew. This is this was a gutsy effort from top to bottom, right? Mm-hmm. From top to bottom, you saw guys contribute. And again, you've got a you've got a lot of the guys who who generally don't receive a lot of that. And I thought yeah. Morgan Barron for sure deserved credit, not just because he had the game winning goal, but great. I just thought he overall. I mean, he was he was a force to be to be reckoned with a little bit in tonight's game. And again, Mason Appleton, a guy who's been a little bit maligned of late. I thought he had an extraordinarily high hustle level tonight. And I think he was doing quite a bit. I think he was creating Mm -hmm. quite a bit. So obviously he didn't finish on his, on his breakaway opportunity in the third period, which would have been a nice little uh, insurance marker for, for uh, the Winnipeg jets. But I I just think like when you can have guys like that contributing in a positive manner, um, it's it's always going to be a you know a better thing for this hockey club because you're getting that balance, you're getting that contribution from the guys top to bottom. Yeah, and that's exactly what it was. And I mean, and and that's what you need, especially on the second half of a back to back. You need contributions right throughout your lineup. And, and I mean, and, and I don't think you can really talk about this win again without talking about the impact of Nino Niederreiter. I oh, mean, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, and a, you know, we'll talk about his goal. When we, you know, we're coming up. What about his glove save? Well, the glove save is what I was going to touch on. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't matter. He's always in front of the net. Doesn't matter if it's uh, (laughs) the opposition net or if it's his own net. But I mean, that puck was going in. You know, that puck was, you know, it was going to be, you know, and that would have been such a killer of a goal because it's just such Mm -hmm. a, you know, a fluky sort of flop. Uh, you know, a pop-up that, you know, you can't really see or, you know, the goalie, you know, you can't blame anyone. They would have just been all sorts of ugly there. But uh, what happens instead is that Nino Niederreiter swipes it away and the Jets manage to uh, to clear the zone. And, I mean, how many chances did the Jets have to hit that empty net? And you're sort of holding your breath throughout that entire sequence when they miss the empty net a couple of times. And you're like, oh, God, here it's come. You can feel the, you know, you can feel that it's going to go, uh, it's going to go and beat Connor Hellebuck and the game's going to be tied. And then who knows what happens. And the lightning get close with, the, you know, Victor Hedman rings it off the goalpost uh, with, you know, how I guess it may have been, what, seven, eight seconds left in the game at that point in time. Drew, that's uh, all Connor Hellebuck gave him. Well, you know what? That's what the goalie would tell you, isn't that? <laughs> you know, and, and that it's you know, and, and the cliche game of inches, but it was uh, certainly on display there. Jets get the win. 
and they don't apologize for anything or any way that they got the win. And in fact, there's a lot that the team is probably going to like about it and maybe try and take uh, moving forward Tuesday to uh, Carolina to meet the Hurricanes. Let's get into it. It's the Betway Game Recap. It's brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. You must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. March Madness starts on Thursday. So, of course, you're probably looking for a place to maybe lay a bet or two on your favorite college basketball team betway would be our uh, recommended place to do so get in the action with our friends at betway dave you touched on it uh, early in the uh, in the uh, post game show the lightning score on the first goal of the game uh, the first shot of the game at the 119 mark of the first period it's alex Kalorn, his 20th of the season assist to anthony sorelli and brandon hagel and yeah, yes, he's he's in alone, but it just squeaks through Connor Hellebuck. You thought maybe Nate Schmidt had scooped it off the line before it, it crossed. Obviously, he didn't, and the Lightning have an early one nothing lead, and you're like, uh-oh, what's happening here now? Uh, you're thinking maybe Rick Bonus should not have started Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was not the right decision. But it of course he, you know, hindsight is uh 2020, as they say, Drew. And uh look, it was it, it was a little bit of a breakdown. The Jets a bit of a sleepy start to that uh, to that sequence, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you've got basically the the Jets are a little bit exposed, right? And unfortunately for them, it, it really does you know give the Bolts that early goal. And it's interesting yeah. because you know Drew, you mentioned the word sag and how the Jets didn't sag, and I thought that to me was what was impressive about the team because they very easily could have been like, oh well, whatever, we're going to earn a split. And I know that it happens in the first minute and a half of the game. So you're not expecting them to sag immediately, but I'm just saying you <laughs> yeah. could see it in body language. Like you could be like, Oh, great. Here we go. You know, Tampa's Tampa's going to roll us, but they didn't. And I thought that's what I always watch for after, after a goal against is to see how the team responds uh, shortly thereafter. And and I thought that the response was good. And look, it, it's just a bit of a, you know, it, it wasn't the best defensive play. I think it was at Stanley who was, uh, leaving basically left his guy yeah. and unfortunately put it put put himself into a bad position and put Nate Schmidt into a bit of a bad position and then the Jets are a bit overwhelmed and Blake Wheeler I think he was a bit late to get back into the sequence of of play so he wasn't on his man so basically allowed Schmidt to be doubled up and so uh, you know look it's it's not a great defensive play by the Jets and you're trying to show that your defensive structure because that's what Rick Bonus is supposed to be right Rick Bonus mm-hmm. is supposed to be a defensive structure coach and your team's defensive structure was a bit loose to start that game. Less than ideal, of course, because, you know, you need, because again, as it gets closer and closer to the playoffs, if you want to prove that you're not a, if you want to prove that you're a contender and not a pretender, then you can't, you really can't have loose games. And, and, you know, look, I'm not suggesting the Jets are there yet, but if they can, they can get back on track, it, it's going to go a long way, but part of that is going to be being better defensively. We saw it throughout the rest of the game, but early to start, one nothing. You're like, oh boy, here you go again. Here you go again. But before we get to the tying goal, it is a final in London, Ontario. Team Canada, Brad Gushu has defeated a team Manitoba, Matt Dunstone. I believe the final score is seven to five, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, team Canada were the repeat Briar champions, but a hell of a performance by Matt Dunstone representing Manitoba uh, at the Briar for the first time. And you know he's going to be back and he's going to be a frequent uh, representative wearing the bison at the Briar. So there's a final uh, in London, Ontario. Brad Gushu 
Minshew winning over Matt Dunstone. We do it all here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. What would our, what would our show be if we were a curling show, Drew? What would it be called? Uh, the Illegal Brush. Uh, I'm trying to think what uh, would be illegal. What's illegal in curling? Yeah, I mean, maybe a hack, a hack line, hog line violation curling show. It's not quite illegal, but it's, but it's the hog line violation. No, I know, but illegal. we could go with the hog line violation curling show. I don't think so. It's close enough to illegal. There's nothing specific uh, that there's no specific infraction in curling uh, that's got the word illegal in it. But the uh, hog right. line violation, the burnt stones. There you go, Brad. Uh, drop legal brush. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no such really thing as an illegal What's a, brush. What is Tico Napoli suggesting? I, I don't. I don't curl, so I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen what uh, Tico Napoli is saying yet, but I'm sure somebody will think of something. But in the meantime, there you have a uh, final from uh, London. Let's the illegal back. stone. The illegal stone? I like that yeah, one. Yeah, but, but but what about a stone could be illegal? There's nothing maybe, maybe your stone's too big. You got some big stones, though, Drew, don't you? Only when I <laughs> forget it. Not going there. It's Sunday night. My brain is a bit fried. It's, we've been doing a lot of shows uh, late, uh, lately, so we're just going to keep it uh, focused nice and neat and keep it PG-13 uh, here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. We remind everybody, if you haven't already done so, yeah, see Kenny's water bottle saying hog line violation. That's what I said. Uh, smash the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Maybe you have somebody who's looking for something to do right now. Maybe you have a Jets fan in, the, in your life yes. who doesn't know that uh, we are broadcasting live right now. Tell them to join us here on our YouTube channel like we do it on each and every after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. The Jets tie it up. It takes uh, just under 10 or nine minutes later, eight minutes and 56 seconds after the uh, Lightning opened the scoring. Uh, a bit of a seeing-eyed shot, if you want to say, a bit of a, a favor from an old teammate of the Winnipeg Jets. Nate Schmidt is credited with his seventh of the season. Assist to Logan Stanley. That's Stanley's second. This looks like a nothing play, but it uh, gets a nice little tip, a bit of a redirection accidentally by Mikey Asimont and somehow manages to evade Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, you know, both uh, all world goaltenders give up goals that have a little bit of an odor to it uh, to start the game. And for all you people who told me that Mikey Esimont couldn't score goals for the Jets, I prove <laughs> you wrong. Um, look, look, Mikey Esimont uh, plays a hard game, and he's and he's a tenacious guy, and yeah, and you know that's an unfortunate bounce off of him. But before we get to the goal, took, Drew took Morgan Baranov, uh, yeah, in the corner really, with a big hit late yeah, in the I'm third like, period. I'm like, weren't you guys on the moose together last year? But anywho, the no. Before we get to the goal, though, guys who don't get assists, and uh, you know it's it's been a weekend uh, of me talking about guys who make nice plays. It's, it's the famous Craig Button third assist, yeah. which you of course don't get credit for on the score sheet. But I want to highlight what Gustafson and Manalainen did because they had a good forecheck in the Tampa zone, forced forced the 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 Bolts to like again. What did the Jets do? They played quick. They played heavy. Mm -hmm. Those are two things that if the Jets can play that way consistently, it's going to go well for them more often than not. So Gustafson and Manalainen both go hard into that corner, force Tampa to turn over the puck. They get the puck back. Of course, Schmidt fires it on net. But what did Gustafson and Manalainen both do? Which what we've been talking about. Both of them go in front of the net and create a little chaos. Yeah, and both of them go in front of the net with the intention to to take away Vasilevsky's eyes. And even though the puck went in off of Esimot, the idea was the right idea. That's what to me was was uh, highlightable because you know Nate Schmidt getting the goal. That's great. You know, you we've been talking about that's another um, uh, thing we've been talking about throughout the course of the last little bit with the Jets. They're not shooting enough, and mm -hmm. they, they they're not getting enough shots, which is one thing. But they they weren't shooting enough when they had that opportunity. They're trying to go for the perfect pass. Nate Schmidt fires a shot on net, seeing traffic go to the front, 
and he gets it to go off of Estimon. So it's it's a bit of a lucky goal, but it's kind of the kind of it's kind of the goal the Jets needed, right? Yeah. Rather than looking for a perfect goal against Vasilevsky, it's kind of the goal they needed because look, Vasilevsky was stopping the the quote perfect type of goals like the Kyle Connor breakaway or the Nikolai Ehler breakaway mm-hmm. opportunities. So so to me, that was exactly the kind of goal the Jets needed to get themselves into the game and feel good and reward guys for doing the right thing, playing hard, playing fast. Yeah, exactly right. So 1-1 at that point in time, and that's how the first period ended, both teams getting the one goal. Shots 7-4 in favor of Tampa. You know, I, I, I would say that the it was a bit of a sleepy start to the game. I would say almost the game built to the third period. I thought the second was almost a little sleepy. I think it was about halfway through the game, and the shots were something like, you know, maybe 14-10. It was very sort of a bit of a subdued game that obviously picked up as, as it got closer to the, to the conclusion, but you sort of saw that from both teams. I thought early in the game, uh, just, you know, maybe finding their legs playing the second half of a back-to-back, but none, no matter one, one at, after 20 minutes, uh, the jets opened the scoring in the second period. It's a power play goal. The much maligned power play seems like it's breaking through a little bit. We know they had success last night against a bad, pa- uh, bad uh, Florida Panthers uh, penalty kill tonight. They get a goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning. It is Nino Niederreiter. You know how much more can you say about him and his uh, impressive play as a member of the Winnipeg Jets? His twenty-first of the season assist to Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. And you know you you like it. It's just right in front of the net. It's a guy who's going hard to the net with a strong net drive and and everything else. And then he's able to deposit uh, the shot uh, again past Vasilevsky in tight. You know where he's scoring from, Niederreiter, for the most part. And it's, it's low down, and it's another one just like that. Well, I mean, it's exactly what the Jets need, right? Yeah. A guy who has – because you can have guys who go to the front of the net, and sometimes they don't have the best hands. Right. Nino Niederreiter has very good hands, and mm-hmm. he's he's doing what the Jets need. I mean, sometimes he's shooting – he almost shot a, had a shot on Connor Hellebuck. So, I mean, sometimes he's he's a little aggressive with that shot. But that's that's the kind of play, Drew, that you needed to see from the Winnipeg Jets. Again, like Nino Niederreiter has been such a breath of fre- – I mean – and I, I look. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, pillory the de- the decision by the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning to trade for Tanner Janot because I like Tanner Janot as a player. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what Kevin Chevaldeoff gave up for Nino Niederreiter, a second round pick, and the Bolts basically you know sold the farm yeah. for for Tanner Janot, Nino Niederreiter has looked like uh, just a revelation for this Jets club. Like he really has been a, especially with Cole Perfetti injured. And obviously, you know, if the Jets had Cole Perfetti, they, you know, they, it would be that much more depth in terms of what they have in their lineup. But, you know, to me, that's it's such a it's a it's, he's been such a important point. And you know, they had the mic'd up segment during uh, one of the intermissions, and you could just see um, he's he brings a, a healthy kind of new, almost like Evgeny Svechnikov esque, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, um, personality emotion personality to the to the ice and he and he brings some fun and he's having a good time with this team and th- again it's one of the things we've talked about with this jets club sometimes they're a little bit tight and well, so you know, when- it's, it's funny i saw a tweet at some point during the game from i want i want to say maybe travis yost of tsn yeah uh, I somebody i think yeah, no, it was him. I, yeah it he was tweeted. him and he just basically said you know nino niederreiter is just so consistent 
on every team. You know exactly what to expect from him, and that's exactly what he delivers. As long as you have you know your expectations uh, properly calibrated for him, you know he's he's a coach's dream because you know exactly what you're going to get. But not coach's dream and some of those guys who you know don't actually contribute. He contributes, and you know exactly how he's going to contribute in what way, where he's going to be, what yeah. he brings to the table, and it's just the, the consistency that he brings. You know, night in, night out, almost season in, season out throughout the course of his career uh, is, is something really just, you know, that every every team probably can use and need need a rider. No, absolutely. And even better for the Jets and Jets fans is he signed for another year. So okay. you have him for one more year for $4 million, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a hell of a good deal for a guy who already has, I think that was his 21st goal of the season, mm-hmm. assist to Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Mark Shifley, yeah. by the way, eight straight seasons for him with, at least 60 points. And so, uh, you know, I thought he had a, I thought he had a pretty good game and the Jets face-offs overall. I don't, what did they finish at Drew? Face-off percentage was 55, 45 in the Jets favor. Yeah. It it felt like they won more than they lost. So that, that 28, 23 is what they won. Okay. So that, that seemed about right. Uh, But I just thought that they were better. They wanted some critical times, but, Mm -hmm. but again, like I said, Nino Niederreiter, especially on that power play has been uh, exactly what this Jets club needed. And, and, you know, he's a guy who, what, like there's not enough guys on this team who sit in front of the net and are willing to block a shot if they have to. And by block a shot, I mean they're friendly fire shot, but whatever it takes to yeah. be in front of the net and, and to get a greasy goal. That's what the Jets need. And he's a shooter, and right? Yeah. And that's exactly what, I, I mean, I commented on it yesterday and it's the same thought today. You watch him, and again, we we watched him a lot. You know, he played for Minnesota. He played for the National Predators. Mm-hmm. So we, we, tended to, we tend to watch him during the games, but you don't focus, you know, significantly no. on him. And again, like I said, Wow. Now that I have, now that I've spent more time watching him, I, you just see the way he is with the puck. And again, I'm not saying he's Connor McDavid. I'm just saying he's a very good addition to this Jets club for a fairly minimal cost. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, 2-1 for the Winnipeg Jets at that point in time. Eight minutes and three seconds later, they get what proves to be the game-winning goal. Morgan Barron, his seventh assist to Brendan Dillon and Mason Appleton. And, you know, Barron uh, gets the goal and sort of starts the goal, uh, starts the play. It's a clean breakout, a clean zone exit. And he sort of just chips it up the boards and he lets Mason Appleton use his speed to go mm-hmm. and chase down the puck. And he does on the, I guess, uh, uh, to the left of, of Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. And then Vasile- and then Appleton centers it to who else but Brendan Dillon standing right <laughs> on the paint. Uh, he's charging hard to the net. Again, a hard net drive is what you're seeing here. And yep. it's Brendan Dillon with a hard net drive. Vasilevsky makes the save off of Brendan Dillon, but then Vasilevsky's momentum sort of carries him uh, mm-hmm. to outside of the goal crease, and the rebound is there for Morgan Barron to deposit into the empty net. The goal is challenged for goaltender interference by John Cooper and yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, the challenge is a failed one, but you have to like everything about it because, again, look at the Jets' goals tonight. Two of the three come with from a player who's basically standing, not if not in the crease, just on the edge of the crease, and it's you know goals from the uh, the, the the tough area. And this is another one of those uh, with Bor- with uh, Morgan Barron uh, getting his seventh on this one. Yeah, and and again, the highlight you have to do is what leads up to the goal, right? It's first of all, it's Mason Appleton hustling, and, yeah. and like I said before, he using his the, using his speed. Yeah, and so like that's what you want to see. You, you want to see a guy who's saying, "Okay, I I know what I need to do," right? I mean, he's got to feel a little bit of pressure right now. There's a lot mm-hmm. of guys up with the Jets that who can go into the lineup 
at any point right now, right? You've got Axel Janssen, Fielby, you've got Carson Kuhlman, you've got Sam Gagne. There's guys who are available. Yeah. It's not even talking about the guys who are on the moose, but you've got guys who are right now up with the club who are available. And if you're not producing uh, in any way, and again, it doesn't necessarily always have to be points. You just have to be producing and doing things the right way. And again, throughout the course of this game, I thought that Mason Appleton was doing the right thing. And, and I have to say like my initial, and I don't know how you saw it, Drew, but my initial feeling was it, that it wasn't going to be goalie interference. Now I said my qualifier, of course, was I have no idea what the hell goalie interference is, and the NHL it's a crapshoot. Well, but I, initial- I agree. I just just to finish, I just saw the way it, I saw it the way you did. I saw that Vasilevsky used his own momentum, yeah. took him out of position. You also had, I think, was it was it who was the defenseman that was behind Dylan? Was it Sergachev? Uh, would have been no Sergachev. Yeah, Sergachev was on the ice for that one. Yeah, so yes, it was it was Sergachev who was behind Dylan, who basically had his stick on Dylan's back. I'm not saying he was like giving him a huge push into yeah. Vasilevsky, but I didn't think Dylan was preventing Vasilevsky from getting back in to make the save. I thought it was that, like you said, Vasilevsky's own momentum that took him out of position and left him vulnerable for for uh, for um Baron to put that one home. You know what made me so what made me nervous though. So that was my first thought. Is that, but you know what I was watching the broadcast and yeah. the fact that Kevin Sawyer was so adamant that this should be a good goal made me nervous that uh, <laughs> that uh, that it wasn't actually going to be a goal because at first you know it took me sort of that second or third replay uh to read to sort of see it again that you know at first the first time i saw it it's like okay does dylan actually sort of move vasilevsky's body mm-hmm, but because mm-hmm. he was in the paint but then he got yep. out of the paint that's right um but no you could see it's just vasilevsky's going you know he side going to side so quickly yeah. that yeah. he's not able to stop and you know dylan while he was in the blue, he quickly got out of there and wasn't interfering with Vasilevsky. So I do agree with this one. I thought, uh, but you know, again, you, you know, you spin the roulette wheel and and see where it lands. In this case, uh, it it uh, it landed positively for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and I'm, they had a three-one lead. And I know, sorry, Drew. Before we before we move ahead of the three-one yeah. lead, we got to give uh, you know Brendan Dillon a bit of a shout out here. He's playing in his 800th game mm-hmm. NHL game of his career, and, and again, and I've, I, I speak about this all the time, but it's such a testament to guys who don't get drafted that hard work can still get you to the NHL. And mm-hmm. I'm not that I'm trying to inspire anybody who's potentially watching us, <laughs> Dave, but I I'm can just still do it. <laughs> but I'm just saying that Brendan Dillon again, he works hard. He's, you know, he's uh, matched uh, third straight season now that he has 17 assists. He's just a few off of his career high, which he set in 1819. So I, I, again, I just think Brendan Dillon is a kind of, you know, he's a rugged, uh, you know, generally stay at home defenseman who's been, his defensive metrics have been very good this year. And, um, you know, he's a nice addition to this Jets club. So to me, uh, Dillon, you know, deserves a little bit of praise for especially stepping up when, you know, Josh Morrissey is, is injured. He's going to be needed even more. Uh, in a game like tonight. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. The fact that the Jets were able to do all this without Josh Morrissey in their lineup uh, can't be overstated. No. Uh, the Jets get a power play as a result of the uh, of the challenge failing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Great opportunity to extend the lead to 4-1 maybe. But as we touched on, this Jets team hates success. And instead, what they do, they give up a shorthanded goal. Anthony Sorelli gives, gets his 10th of the season. Assist to Brandon Hagel on this one. And, and Blake know, Wheeler and Neil Peel. Well, let me, so, you know, there was an article uh, on ESPN.com maybe a couple of weeks ago about okay. grenades in basketball. Mm. And what a grenade is called in basketball is apparently, and this is, you know, lingo among the players themselves, is when you give up the ball with less than five seconds to go on the shot clock and okay. you're handing a grenade to somebody. So this doesn't look good 
on Neil Pionk. It doesn't yeah. look great on Neil Pionk, but in my estimation, he's handed a grenade by Blake Wheeler. The, the fault on this one is more on Wheeler than necessarily on Pionk because I do not like the read that Blake Wheeler makes here on this to try and make that pass to uh to Neil Pionk, who's not in a position to succeed in that pass. The 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 uh, Brandon Hagel and, and Sorelli are just too close to Neil Pionk on this one. Everything about it, it screamed disaster as soon as Wheeler uh passed it over to Pionk. And I know it's not, you know, it's gonna, you know, if you just focus on on Pionk's decision, you're not gonna like it justifiably mm-hmm. so but i also strongly believe that you do not like blake wheeler's decision that uh that preceded the pionk block shot and then subsequent goal by sorelli yeah I, the only thing with pionk though is as soon as he makes that pass because there's not a lot of space between him and sorelli he needs to move back a little bit if he if wheeler does want to give the puck back to him which is what he wanted to do to get a shot from the point so the only thing I would have, uh, you know, to uh, to slightly quibble, Drew, with you is I just thought Pion could have moved back a little bit to give himself that gap, to give himself that space in order to have some time if the, he gets the puck back, which he, of course, did. Wheeler, you know, re- Wheeler wasn't really paying attention to whether Sorelli was right there. So I think that, you know, it, it was kind of like a double handcuff. Sure. Uh, both players, I think, you know, aired on that play. You're right. Initial blush, initial reaction was Neil Pionk, you know, muffed it up. And, and I, you know, I just saw one of the comments where he, he also had some indecision. So, you yeah, know, there that... was definitely indecision. On it. And, you know, that's no surprise. You know, indecision comes when you don't have any confidence. Yeah. No, no, I, mean, I agree. And so I, I'm just, but I'm just saying, so to me, I, I, I agree. I just didn't, I didn't like Wheeler not recognizing that Pionk was low. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that Pionk didn't recognize that he was low as well and should have moved back to give himself that time and space if he got that pass buck. That was my initial assessment. The initial assessment was that Pionk made the mistake. When I watched the replay, that was kind of my thought afterwards. That, But both that you'd kind of equally blame 26 and for for uh, the play. And, and, you know, look, it's an unfortunate circumstance for the Jets because it really does change the tenor of that hockey game, right? It's a game that the Jets are up 3-1. And mm-hmm. and you again, you could potentially be up four one, yeah. and instead now it's three two, and you're suddenly you're like, woo, here you go, we've seen this one before. Well, three two, and then again we already talked about it, so we're not going to to dwell on it anymore. But three two, and then the Lightning get the five on three, and the fact that the Jets were able to kill that five should on probably three, talk about it, Drew, because it was a pretty impressive kill. Well, I mean, we did talk about it, but I'm saying, yeah, of course we'll we'll talk about it some more. But I mean, you know, with Shifley and Stenlin both in the box, the Jets managed to keep the puck out of their own net. I mean, there was the great cross crease save by uh, by Connor Hellebuck off of Corey Perry, where it looked like Hellebuck. I mean, it was a great save, Hellebuck. I think his his pad must have been right on the goal line because he was deep in the net uh, to make that save, uh, to go cross crease to make that save on Corey Perry. But he made it nonetheless. And the Jets, you know, they, they, they scratch it. You saw the fight that you hadn't seen from this Winnipeg Jets team a lot over the last month or so. You know, when the, the this Jets team fought, and that's what fans have been really uh, wanting so desperately to see from them, is just a little bit more fight in their game, a little bit more... Uh, desperation in their game a little bit more uh willingness to say no we're not going to get bullied tonight and that's what you saw i think from this winnipeg jets team 
part, you know, starting from the the five on three kill all the way through the third period. There were moments of panic, as there always is going to be. But the Jets also had moments where they could have iced the game. They had opportunities to score breakaways in that third period. Kyle Connor had one. Uh, David Gustafson, I think, sort of had one. Mason mm-hmm. Appleton, I think, I thought had one as well. I might yep. be I might be mistaken on that one, but there there were opportunities. So they didn't just sit back. They didn't just collapse into a shell. They took their opportunities. Neither team scored, but the Jets certainly didn't look like they were uh, unwilling to be in the fight, particularly in that third period. Well, and and Drew, the one thing, again, people tend not to focus on the guys uh, during the penalty kill because it's not a, it's not a individual stat. It's a, it's a team stat, right? So because of that, you don't say, oh, well, Hey, you know, give credit to Kevin Stanland, although he was in the penalty box on the five on three, mm-hmm. but give credit to Adam Lowry, who's obviously was playing through something. Give credit to Mason Appleton, give credit to Morgan Barron. But those are the guys, David Gustafson, those are the guys who do deserve credit because a five on three is insane. I mean, it's massive when you have a team like Tampa, that's as good as they are. Uh, you know, you're, you, that could cause a lot of trouble. And so, you know, and, and of course the, as I said, especially like you said on the Corey Perry save, the number one PK always has to be your goal and goalie and Connor Hellebuck was excellent again on that penalty kill. So like the, the, the guys don't show up on the stat sheet, so they don't get lauded after the game. They don't get that recognition, but you know, Dylan Sandberg again, how good has Dylan Sandberg been uh, as a penalty killer in the NHL? He's been excellent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one of these things that, I mean, again, not to not to, like the Jets won, so that everybody's happy. Two wins in a row, everybody's happy. They're in third place. Everyone's happy, and I'm not here to quibble, Drew. But I'm going to quibble a little bit. I don't understand quibble. why Dylan. I don't understand why Dylan Sandberg's coming out of this lineup. They, it they, doesn't make to any me, sense to me either. It doesn't make any sense. The guy has done more than enough to, to to maintain his spot as a as an everyday NHLer. And the idea that he comes out, look, if there's injury, I get it. But like for right for the way Dylan Sandberg is playing. And mm-hmm. I'm, don't get me wrong, Dylan Sandberg makes mistakes. I'm not saying he's infallible, but I'm just saying that Dylan Sandberg doesn't deserve to come out of this lineup again. Right, you won't get a lick of an argument from me. Not yeah. a lick at all. And you know how I enjoy licking ice cream and other things and popsicles and things <laughs> of that nature. But you won't get an argument from me. The Jets win tonight 3-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. There weren't any goals in the third period. This is the, the shortest Betway game recap I think I've done in like the last three weeks by the <laughs> as it feels. I mean, it just seems like there's been goal game after game with goal after goal after goal after goal. But 3-2, the old traditional every game in the NHL ends 3-2 and this one certainly does but 3-2 for the Winnipeg Jets uh, the Betway game recap brought to you by our friends at Betway it's simple fun and safe to bet with Betway so head on over to Betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly and Drew I just want to quickly add to that just before we because you kind of said that there was nothing that really transpired, but it was a still an exciting period. Even though there oh, were no yeah. goals, that was actually a very good third period. And mm-hmm. there were a lot of opportunities. And you touched on some of the breakaway chances that the teams, the team had, or the Jets specifically, sorry, that the Jets had. But to me, that was still a very entertaining third period. There was, you know, kind of edge of your seat excitement and, and the Jets held on and were able to, you know, I thought they got a little cute with the empty net when you're, you know, rather than make the pass, just yeah. go for it and finish the game off. You don't need to like assist the guy but at the same time you know it's a big win it's a big win for the jets club who you know were, were reeling after a bad homestand and to be able to and you have and you know the other thing also it rewards the fans the fans and i mean like by the, the fans i mean obviously the people who watch our show and the people who watch these games but also the fans who make 
the journey to Florida. And they're sure. believe me, my heart isn't bleeding for them because they're in plus 26 <laughs> weather and we're slogging through the snow. Although it was rather, rather nice here in Winnipeg today. Hey, but- I, w- I walked with the kids for a Slurpee today. Yeah, you probably snubbed Murad while you were. While I you were didn't at see it. Murad. I was. Uh, I'm now. I got my head on a swivel at all times. Now I'm looking for Murad here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, but but no. I mean, I think it's it's nice that you know there were a lot of on the broadcast tonight and yesterday. You saw a lot of Jets fans, and we know that a lot of folks make the trip to Sunrise and to Tampa to watch the game. So uh, it's a nice reward for them to go there and see the Jets play well. And and again, like I like I had the comment from Vern up. The Jets played with heart. And that's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see a Jets team. It wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a, it was a, they gutted it out and it was a gutsy effort and uh, they beat a good Tampa team. So uh, credit to the Jets who now, like we just said, are going streaking, have a modest two game win streak. Mm-hmm. The, the losing the way they were doing before. So nobody's even thinking about it. That's, that's yesterday's news. In fact, that's not yesterday's news because yesterday's news was a win. So folks are just focused on oh, the wins right mornings, now. Yesterday morning's news, though. It was yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday, yeah, yesterday morning. morning. That was our yeah. Saturday morning show, folks. Right. We don't. We, we're not. That. That's so. That's so. What? Uh, like. That's so. Thirty six hours, hours ago. ago. Exactly. <laughs> so just and for the record, a lot of you in this chat right now. There's only one thing you should be doing in addition to listening to Drew and I. So technically, two things: listening to us, yeah. talking in the chat. Sorry, three things: listening to us, yeah. talking amongst yourselves. Yeah. And smashing that like button. That's all we ask of you folks. When we come back on the other side, we've got much more to talk about. More on the Jets lightning. Dave's got a Manuk Moose minute and the Tyrell Bauer fight. I was going to say, it's more of a Tyrell it. Bauer minute. 41 yeah. seconds, actually. If you haven't seen the fight, then uh, stay tuned. Dave is going to uh, break it down blow by blow. We'll do some contest giveaways. We'll do some of our, our regular shenanigans. It's a Sunday night. This is the only place you got to be. I mean, the other option is to watch the Oscars. And it was actually this. It was we. There was a Jets game last year on yeah. Oscar Sunday as well when uh, when uh, Will Smith hit Chris Rock. Because I remember bringing it up on air, and everybody was very very confused because they're like, yeah. "What just happened? What are you saying?" But it was a year ago. I guess it would have been almost a year ago today when that happened. But don't go anywhere. This is way more fun. In fact, as he's going to come in and hit one of us, <laughs> we're just not telling you, you have which to guess one which he's one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You have to guess which one he's going to hit because uh, that, that's. I can confidently say, Drew, as an aside, I've never in my life watched the Oscars. So that's- and I. I will never watch the Oscars. I've, I've, the only award, in fact, I will never watch any award show with the exception of one. The Ezzies. The Ezzies. Yeah, I know. The Ezzies is uh, the, the, the grandest night in Twittertainment. Much more to come. It's the Illegal Curve post game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on a Sunday night. Don't go anywhere. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. 
What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 20 minutes before the top of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk with you on this Tuesday evening. Well, pardon me, not Tuesday evening. It's Sunday evening. Wow, I got, ahead, I got ahead of myself. I was going to say we're going to be back. Tell me what on... the future is like, future Drew. <laughs> we'll be back on Tuesday evening for the next edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show as the Jets' very difficult road trip through the Eastern Conference continues as they visit Raleigh, North Carolina to meet a Hurricanes team that undoubtedly will be ornery, as you said, Dave, and they got shut out by New Jersey tonight after getting shut out by Vegas. So they're struggling to score as of late. The Jets obviously hope those goal-scoring struggles continue on Tuesday night when the Jets visit uh, Carolina. Last time the Jets and the Hurricanes met, you remember the Jets had a commanding 3-0 lead until with about five minutes to go in the game. And then the Hurricanes scored three times in the last, uh, whatever it was, five, six, seven minutes. It was a long time ago to tie it up. 
And then, of course, uh, the Jets, I believe Josh Morrissey, if I'm not mistaken, scored the overtime winner. Uh, to so. uh, Yeah, wasn't that the, the breakaway Jets. slap yeah, shot? I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that was the last, it was an entertaining contest the last time they met. We'll see if it'll be uh, similar on Tuesday night. The Paul Stasny revenge game, Drew. I don't know about there's much revenge going on there at this point in time, but uh, there'll be another contest. You talk about revenge games, Dave. I mean, did you read Paul Maurice's comments to Mike uh, McIntyre? Uh, I believe, uh, Drew, not only did I read them, my my, uh, my comment in today's morning papers was, well, it's good to see that he still has a silver tongue. Yeah. You know, a silver tongue indeed. It's just, I mean, he's... You he know, could he, he could sell he could sell yeah. anything he wanted like honestly like I was like yeah, no. we get it Paul you're you're the ultimate salesman yeah he's a bit of a bullshitter maybe more more uh, than a bit? little bit of, maybe more than a, a little yeah I mean look it just it was so over the top that it was disingenuous I thought yeah and I don't think that was probably his intention sometimes I don't think so I, either but I yeah, think sometimes I just, he just gets caught up in himself. Yeah, and I think he wanted. I think he just wanted to come across as like not being dismissive of the Jets, right? I so, he, but he went. Yeah. You're right. He went. He just went so far past. Yeah. Like anybody who's like watching the team, where it's like, like it's like, well, what are you exactly are you suggesting? Are you trying to protect yourself here to say that? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, if that's what the Jets are, then what are the Boston Bruins uh, on the verge of yeah. world yeah. domination? I mean, yeah. you know, if the Jets, you know, it just seemed it just rang a little hollow to me, and I think it's probably not intentional. I don't think that. Uh, I agree. I think it sounded a little bit more. You know, well, yeah. Ty, I'm not, Ty, we're not going to tell you. Ty said he missed the morning papers. Go hey, to illegalcurve.com. Illegalcurve.com. The morning papers are up 24 7. You can always right. get them. They've got all the Jets news, all the Moose news, all the Ice news. Come on. I'm, I'm pretty sure home if for, you want. We're your home for hockey in Manitoba, boys and girls. Let's let's step up yeah. here. If you need to get it, get it. It's always open 24 7. Look, if you if you if you missed uh, the morning papers from you know eight months ago, they're still there. You're just going to have to search uh, for them, but. You'll have you, to find if you want to read, if you want to read drama in the desert from uh, from 13 years ago, you can go and read those. If you want to read drama in the desert in Dixie, by the way, Dixie was added by Drew Thank when you. the when the Thrashers. A uh, little unknown fact: when when Bill Daly came on Illegal Curve, the hockey show on TSN 1290, yeah. and said, "I don't know why everybody's talking about uh, Arizona. They should be talking about uh, about Atlanta." It was literally the first time the deputy commissioner of the NHL mentioned that. As far as I can recall, am I not wrong? I'm right, right, Drew? You're right. It was the first, the first time, time that anybody, it. the first time that anyone had any inkling, inkling? yeah, that's that right. uh, the attention should shift from uh, from the uh, from the Coyotes, I guess the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, yes. uh, yeah. to to Atlanta, and then obviously we know uh, how that quickly spiraled out of control. Well, my all of a sudden it was like drama in the desert and Dixie, and <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, I did get some hate as a result, of the, as people who listened to the show know. The uh, yeah, we agree, Kyle. With your, with you, don't, you don't have to pardon your French. We agree with that assessment. But wow. no, what I was going to say the um, also that wasn't I, French, Kyle. Yeah, well, well, maybe he meant seal. Maybe he was calling him a seal. That's but anywho, the point is that um, that, no, what I was going to say is that's the only time I've ever had hate mail was because I was I used to do that uh, drama in the desert every day, and I was doing all the stuff about the coyotes. Didn't some, guy, didn't some guy say that you should get run over by a bus? He did tell me to get run over by a bus. And not the Gus bus, but an actual bus. Yeah. So I wrote, I wrote him back because I was like, I'm going to disarm him with kindness. So I, I wrote him back. I was, you know, I wasn't sure how to, what approach to take, but I tried a little, uh, tried a little honey, as my Baba would suggest. And and so I wrote him back and I said, I'm sorry you feel this way, but da 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 da. da. And I said I've never said anything inflammatory about uh, Phoenix or Arizona or anything like that. I just, just reporting it. That and he wrote me back. And he said, you know what, Dave, I've reconsidered. I'm sorry. I hope you don't get hit by a bus. I hope you get hit by a semi instead, is what he said. He was very <laughs> considerate about it. He he re, he re, yeah. He recalibrated. He wanted to be a bigger vehicle than a bus. It was, yeah. You know, a bus yeah, he's like, yeah, he wrote P.S. 
Yeah. Not a bus, a semi. That's right. Exactly. You know, do you mind standing in front of a jet engine as it, yeah. as, as it fires up? That's what he was actually hoping you would do at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've, we, we've obviously gone off topic as we so often do on the show, Shocker. but uh, the Manitoba Moose were in action earlier tonight and they lost uh, earlier this afternoon. They lost in Iowa, uh, which means they got swept in the double header, which yep. isn't great in the standings, of course, but the fight, which uh, you put the video up, I think it's on your Twitter feed and probably on our Instagram and maybe it's on the illegal curve twitter feed as well uh the fight uh that you have to uh give highlights about and sort of break down as you only can as part of the put on your antlers it's time for the manuk moose minute on the illegal curve hockey show that is 100 percent true drew it is a it is it is the tyrell bauer hour the 2020 six rounder of the Winnipeg Jets because uh, I'm, I'm not staying here for an hour. I'm tired. <laughs> well, we've almost third, been... This is our third show in the last 36 hours. <laughs> I know that's fair, Drew, but the people need what they want. So yeah. we're not here. We're not here to that's deny clear. the people Once what they want. An hour. Fine. Fair enough. Thank I won't you. give, I won't give people an hour of moose talk. The moose lost. So people might not be interested in yeah. it's very rare for the moose to lose twice in regulation. And that's what they did. Uh, refereeing again you don't want to blame that on the special teams weren't special for the Manitoba Moose they gave up four power play goals even though they have uh I think they're the seventh best penalty kill in the AHL they were going into the today's game they might be eighth or ninth now but they uh they gave up four power play goals over the course of the two games against Iowa uh so not 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 a special power play or penalty kill I should say by the Manitoba Moose and but they had a lead they they actually started off the game, Tyler Boland, he was in it. The Moose, in terms of lineup, the only things they did was they made a swap of Simon Lundmark for Tyrell Bauer, and uh, Dean Stewart came in for Jimmy Olney. But other than that, everything, and Arvid Holm had the net. But other than that, the forwards all stayed the same. Uh, Christian Reichel still day-to-day. Dominic Conato uh, is still home with his new family, so he may join the Moose uh, when they take on Rockford, which is on Wednesday. But uh, the rest of the Moose looked good. They got a good start, and they were up one nothing. Courtesy of Tyler Bull, a nice little pass by Greg Morell. Thank you, T. Well, I appreciate it. I also don't want to get hit by a bus unless it's the Gus bus. But but for right now, we'll just uh, hope that I stay away from all buses. City. Uh, I'm not sure the uh, Gus bus was able to get into third gear when he had that uh, <laughs> yeah, breakaway. I, know. I, sure. I did. I did yeah. feel. I did feel bad. I was. I was tweeting the game from the illegal curve account, and I did have it written. I was like, that might be the slowest breakaway <laughs> I, we've seen all season long. But. Yeah. Uh, he eventually got it into. He at least got into a high second gear, Drew. Maybe, That's maybe right. third, but it was uh, it was not not an ideal uh, Gus bus situation, unfortunately for him, because he uh, he sells yeah. without his own his first goal. I thought he actually could have a goal. It kind of feels like he's close to breaking through, and this is technically somewhat of an aside, but he is a he did spend a lot of time with the Manitoba Moose, so maybe it's not not too much of one. But the fact is, the Moose getting back to the Moose, Drew. Speaking of Greg Morellis, who made the nice pass, Tyler Boland set up the goal. He scored a nice one of his own. Thomas Caron got his first point. He's been injured and he was in the ECHL. He's a big boy from Quebec and he made a nice play, set up Morellis, who got a nice little goal. So suddenly the Moose are up 2-0. You're thinking, okay, well, the Moose have this. This is this is probably a, a, a solid a solid win, a good bounce back for the Manitoba Moose. But then uh, Marco Rossi, the uh, Rossi, sorry, the 2029 round ninth rounder ninth overall pick who went one pick ahead of Cole Perfetti as folks will remember and a lot of Jets fans were thinking he may be selected by them uh, he scored his uh, first goal of the game on the power play with uh, you know for five minutes to go in the second period to cut the moose lead in half a bit of an unfortunate one I think Billy Hinola may have been in the penalty box for that one 
But then the part we have to talk about, Drew, the part that everyone's here to hear about, Tyrell Bauer. First yeah. of all, he laid out a massive hit. And unfortunately, AHL TV, sometimes, especially depending on the building you're in, the replays aren't always the best. Uh, the Iowa one, which has got a, a pretty cool building, as we, folks saw when Daniel Fink joined us yesterday on the broadcast, but their their TV angles weren't the best. So unfortunately, you didn't get a chance to see Tico Napoli wouldn't even be awake right now if he would seen he would just passed out seeing this hit <laughs> Tyrell Bauer laid on uh, I can't remember who he hit hit one of the wild guys obviously into the bench and that of course caused a melee so Tanner Kaspik who of course wore moose colors when after he was drafted during the uh, pandemic year when he was drafted in the fourth round I believe by the St Louis Blues but St right. Louis assigned him to the moose so he played for the Manitoba Moose uh, for. I think towards the end of the, oh, no, you know what? Actually, I'm wrong. wasn't uh, wasn't the uh, pandemic year because he played in the playoffs for the Moose, so it must have been the year before that, I think. But anyways, Tanner Kaspik came to his de- teammates' defense, and Tyrell Bauer. It was a bo- battle of two big Western Canadian boys, one from Cochrane, Alberta, the other from Brandon, Manitoba, and uh, it was quite a quite a little tilly, quite a tilt. And uh, I would give the decision to Tyrell Bauer. Because yeah. he uh, he tuned him up, and as Drew said, you can, if you didn't see it, if you didn't get a chance to see it, uh, I've got it on my Twitter. I see Dave. It'll be in tomorrow's morning papers. It'll be linked, and of course on the Illegal Curve Instagram. But yeah, uh, it was it was it was quite a tilt, and I thought it might change the momentum of the game a little bit. It was that towards the end of the game, at uh, the end of the second period, but instead, and I'll glaze over this quickly because I don't think folks are going to be that interested. The uh, Wild came out on fire a little bit. The Moose didn't really have a lot of jump. And three straight goals in the back of the Moose net, including one which was an empty netter, but another one on the power play. And the Moose end up leaving Iowa, being swept by them, which is what the Moose did to Iowa about a month ago when they were in Manitoba. So uh, they they returned the favor. And now the Moose, uh, which actually for Iowa, who Moose were comfortably in third, looked like they could get either first or second. And now you've got Iowa, I believe, is just four points back of Manitoba. Manitoba has 69 points. Moose, the um, Wild have 65 as do I think Rockford. So that sets up a good game on Wednesday. And hopefully for the Moose, they'll have Dominic Toninato back in the lineup. So what you're saying from Iowa's perspective is that revenge, uh, they got revenge against the Moose and it's a dish best served corn. Uh, I knew you were going somewhere. I didn't know where you were going to go. See, I'm raising my eyebrows there. You see, the eyebrows are going up It was a little too corny for me, for my liking. So I'm going to, uh, I saved my corn jokes, Drew, Drew, as everyone knows, for the Morden Corn and Apple Festival uh, (laughs) at the end of August. Best, one of the best festivals in Manitoba. If you haven't been, I recommend it. So check out that for uh, our good friends at Morden. There you go. So you yeah. you weren't. I I thought my joke was a little lame, but uh, you know, I, I, I wants think... me to show the video. I I mean, I could try and show the video. I don't think we can because I can show I can show without volume. I mean, it's a little bit of a violation, but yeah, you know. let's not let's not get uh, let's not give uh, get any uh, YouTube uh, strike violation. Oh, it throws it, throws it. You know, you're not going to be able to see it anyways. Just go find but, it on Dave's Twitter, or Dave's Instagram, or the Illegal Curve Instagram. Dave himself doesn't have Instagram, but the Illegal no. Curve Instagram or uh, Dave's. Uh, I at IC Dave, you can find it there. Yes, yeah, so I know it was a terrible joke, folks. I do know that it was a terrible joke. I just want to make sure that I, at no point in time have I ever considered myself a stand up comedian. I leave that to the experts at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, and I have nothing to do with that. Oh, and Drew, sorry, one yeah. last one last thing before we get into the contest. Uh, Winnipeg Ice, 52nd yeah. win of the season. They're going for some history. Uh, as I said yesterday, they beat the Brandon Wheat Kings, their provincial rivals, 4-1 today in Winnipeg. So now they are, I uh, can't remember if that was the end of their homestand. Like, they've only got seven games, 
six or seven games left now. I think it's six. They've got six games left, and uh, if they can get two more wins, they will set a historic mark with 54 on the season, and they're setting it up for, speaking of Tyrell Bauer, his old team, the Seattle Thunderbirds, which is Brad Lambert's current team, and I will say, as that's a little segue now to some quick prospect talk through. Oh, boy. Uh, Brad Lambert. Here comes the 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 Dave Dub diatribe. Well, this Dave Dub diatribe is 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 worthwhile because if you didn't see it I again, it. I know you saw it, Drew. But if you didn't <laughs> see it, go to the Illegal Curve Instagram or again on my IC Dave uh, page because I tweeted out um, Brad Lambert. He was like Nikolai Ehlers esque with the way he like whipped around the zone and then literally broke a guy not literally but figuratively broke a guy's angle ankle, set up a beautiful a goal and then sniped one himself. And then also Rutger McGroarty, he had a goal and assist in Michigan's big win over Ohio State. Now, while his goals were and his assists were nothing to write home about, his post-goal and assist celebrations are things that I think are going to endear him to Winnipeg Jets fans. So if you didn't get a chance to see that, you know, we like you to like this show. We'll also go and to our Instagram and hit those likes because they were some pretty good videos. There you go. Uh, getting back to the Jets and the Lightning, our Seagram's shot of the game, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's. We're going to give the Seagram's shot of the game to the game-winning goal deposited in the back of the net by Morgan Barron. Everybody going hard towards the net. Good things happen when you crash the crease and Morgan Barron gar- gobbles up some garbage and puts it behind Andre Vasilevsky. That's our Seagram's shot of the game. Seagram's VO, masterfully blended, distinctly Canadian, available at your local liquor mart and anywhere else that fine liquor products are sold. Why are you giggling? Look at what did I just put up on the on the thing. Kenny's uh, excellent, Kenny. Well, that's, uh, that, that is that's a joke. Excellent. For uh, that's those a joke. The podcast to Kenny saying, I must say, Drew's joke was definitely not uh, amazing. Maze being M I Z E, as if it was corn. Excellent job, Kenny's water bottle. The best jokes have to be explained for podcast listeners after the fact. That's uh, usually what happens. Uh, now, now I'm for- thinking. Now I'm thinking about uh, the movie. Um, what was the movie with Sandler and all the guys? Uh, um, He's made a lot. You know, you know, but they they go like they the the they go back to the the old town when the coach dies. Um, it's like they're all buddies. Like Ke- Kevin James is in it. Uh, Chris Rock is in it. Yeah, I think I vaguely know what you're talking about. I don't think I've ever seen. I ever saw the movie though. What? There's like eight of them. There's oh, at least I... three of them. I... Grown ups. <laughs> okay. Then... You never saw it. Really? <laughs> well, my okay. Because anyway, Rob, just Rob blends together. Fine. Well, Rob, to Schne- Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's uh, character is in, and he's like kind of like this earthy dude and he's like uh he's like i'll make a poultice and is there is there maize in it okay well you're selling it to me there my friend the people in the chat know what i'm talking about they like that they They like that maize one i'm just going on maize the illegal merch the illegal curve merchandise contest to enter the illegal curve merchandise contest you hit the link in the show page hit the drop down arrow you'll see the link to the contest page you'll see all the different things you can do to gain entries and gain ballots into the contest if you can't find it on the youtube page it's all over the website illegalcurve.com basically click on any article you'll see the link to the contest page there one of the things you can do is enter the unique code word you can only get that unique code word if you 
you watch this post game show or if you download the podcast and listen to the podcast afterwards, the unique code word for well, unless, or, or Drew, unless you're Frosty or Alan and you guess and it, you're just advanced. guessing it. Sure, fine, unless you're that. Um, but uh, the unique code word, which will now be as active now all the way through uh, until Tuesday and the uh, Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes. Tonight's unique code word is sweeping sunshine, as in the Winnipeg Jets were sweeping sunshine state teams like the Panthers and the Lightning winning both games this weekend. Sweeping sunshine. The winner is the unique code word. Enter that code word and you get, I believe, 10 entries into the Illegal Curve merchandise contest we have a contest winner to announce i'll put the name on the screen dave m you do the honors francis worth there you francis go Francis worth well done francis worth see francis is showing the worth of entering the contest because francis is the winner of the merch contest there you go showing that it was worthwhile for francis to enter the contest you're dying slowly here as you keep talking i gotta be honest but in any event francis worth is the winner of the uh, of the merchandise contest congratulations to francis good job entering the contest good job winning the contest we'll have another contest coming up on tuesday when the jets and the carolina hurricanes meet uh quick out of town scoreboard update i know i wasn't going to do it all throughout the show and that's the only time that's i've fine. done it uh calgary up 4-1 on Ottawa, end of the second period. So the Flames are in control there. We'll see if they're able to hold on or if they collapse. Uh, Minnesota Wild up 3-2 in Arizona against the Coyotes. That's halfway through the second period. And the Nashville Predators and the Anaheim Ducks are knotted up at two goals apiece. That is in the latter half of the second period as well. Uh, That was basically it in terms of relevant games to the Winnipeg Jets and their playoff chances. But uh, you'll keep an eye on how those games end. And then, of course, Tuesday night, the Jets back at it against the Hurricanes postgame show, 8.45 p.m. or so uh, back here on our YouTube channel. So be sure to join us after the Jets and the Carolina Hurricanes in what ought to be another entertaining tilt as this road trip continues want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors who make the post game show the saturday show and the website a possibility our friends at rumors restaurant and comedy club they present chris red from saturday night live he'll be there thursday through saturday tickets are uh, available in limited quantities so get those quickly rumorscomedyclub.com mike green also at rumors tuesday and wednesday of this week our friends at linden market Dental Center, The Keg, Grid Park, Zapia Group Realty, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Rolly's Transfer, Seagram, they sponsor the shot of the game. And of course, Betway, they are the title sponsor of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Drew, Three shows, 36 Drew, hours. I have a yes, question Dave. for you. Shouldn't those shouldn't shouldn't those comedians be uh, like the Christmas comedians? Because why, Mike Green and then Chris Red? I got good God Almighty! That makes my make maze. A, I was trying to my maze joke look good. I, I was trying to make a red green joke, but then I couldn't really think of a red like you know red green, and I was like, yeah. I don't really know enough red green to, to make that funny. So then I tried to make a Christmas joke. Ha ha ha. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. We're done. We've done enough. We're going to take the tomorrow off of uh, broadcasting, but we'll see everybody again on Tuesday night for yet another edition of the Illegal Curve post game show. Thanks to all of you for joining us. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, review us, leave us feedback on YouTube, leave us feedback on iTunes, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere, and tell your friends and family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game and again on Saturday mornings is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for everyone for joining us. We'll see you Tuesday night. Until then, we wish you good night and good luck and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.